Good morning. Today we're going to be looking at the book of Esther. We won't read it all as it's 10 chapters long, but I would really encourage you to have a read of the story yourself so that you can get the bigger picture of how God was working behind the scenes in this incredible story. God isn't actually mentioned once throughout this whole book, yet as you read it becomes clear that God's hand is all over this as he puts the right people in the right place at the right time. So here's an overview of the story. Esther was a descendant from the tribe of Benjamin. So she was Jewish and she was looked after by her uncle Mordecai. The story begins with the king at the time, King Xerxes, and he was throwing a huge party that lasted 180 days for military leaders, nobles and princes. And then for seven days he opened up a great banquet to everyone in his kingdom. This party had the sole purpose of showing off his wealth and splendour and he instructed that everyone keep drinking his royal wine served in goblets of gold. As part of this fairly arrogant display, he requested that his queen, Queen Vashti, come to the banquet so that he could show her off too. Chapter 1 verse 11 says, He commanded his eunuchs to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and the nobles, for she was lovely to look at. Well, Queen Vashti wasn't having any of it. She refused to come, and that made the king absolutely furious. The king was advised to get rid of Queen Vashti and to appoint a new queen, and so he set about doing this. He sent the message out to all parts of his kingdom to ask for young women to be brought to him. And here's where Esther comes in. The Bible says that she had a lovely figure and was beautiful. So she was sent to the royal palace with hundreds of other women to begin a beautifying process that would last a year. She would then be presented to the king and if he liked her, she would be called on again by name. But if he didn't, she would never see the king again. Chapter 2 verse 17 says, Now the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women and she won his favour and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So now Esther is the queen, but the story is just beginning. Uncle Mordecai hears of a plot to kill the king and he told Queen Esther who reported it to the king. To cut a long story short, the bad guys were impaled on poles. And this gave Mordecai favour, as we'll soon see. Meanwhile, a man named Haman was given a seat of honour as being second only to the king. He insisted that everyone bow down to him. Mordecai, being a Jew, refused. And from that moment on, Haman had it out for Mordecai and for the Jews. He convinced the king to completely wipe out the Jewish nation by having every Jew in the kingdom killed on a specific day in the future. When Mordecai heard about this, he again went straight to Esther and asked her to go to the king and persuade him to save the Jews. Esther knew that she could be killed if she went to the king without being summoned, yet she decided, with a little encouragement from Mordecai, to step up. She decided that she would throw a banquet for the king and for Haman, and they both gladly came. Haman, however, wasn't happy about Mordecai. And after the banquet, he went home and he set up a pole 
to impale Mordecai and have him killed. But that night, the king couldn't sleep, and he ordered a record of his reign to be brought to him and read to him to pass the time. The story of Mordecai warning the king of the plot to kill him was read out, and the king realised that he hadn't rewarded Mordecai for his kindness. The next day, he asked Haman, his advisor, how a man should be treated who had honoured the king. Haman assumed that the king was talking about him, so he said that they should be covered in the king's royal robe and taken out into the streets on the king's horse with an announcement to the people that this is what an honourable man looks like and this is how he is treated. The king agreed that this was a good way to acknowledge Mordecai's honour and he had Haman take Mordecai out on the king's horse wearing the king's robe and he had Haman shout to the people that this is what an honourable man looks like. Haman, as you can imagine, was absolutely fuming. That night, Esther threw another banquet for King Xerxes and Haman. And the king asked Esther what her request was, saying that she could have anything up to half of his kingdom. Esther told the king about Haman's plan to kill the Jews and to kill Mordecai. So the king had Haman impaled on his own pole, the one he'd set up for Mordecai. Queen Esther was given Haman's estate and Mordecai was put in charge of it. The king also instructed them to send out messages in his name warning the Jews to defend themselves when they came under attack. And through doing this, the Jewish nation was saved and the festival of Purim is still recognised and celebrated today as Esther's victory for the Jews. Well, what a story. I really haven't done it justice due to the time constraints, so I really recommend that you read it for yourself. But what can we learn from this fascinating tale? Firstly, we can learn that God gives us a time of preparation. In Esther chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, it says, Before a young woman's turn came to go into King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and cosmetics. And this is how she would go to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her to take with her from the harem to the king's palace. Some of the ladies from church recently came to a Neil's Yard Zoom event for Mother's Day, run by my friend Audrey. She talked us through a facial using the frankincense range, and we learned all about the properties of frankincense and where it comes from before using the products on our faces. Until I met Audrey, I was the sort of girl whose beauty regime consisted of getting up in the morning, wiping off yesterday's mascara, and then reapplying it. Okay, so I haven't changed that much. But becoming friends with Audrey has been great, as she really knows her beauty treatments. And twice now, I've done a Zoom facial with her. My skin has felt so soft afterwards, and I know that a lot of the other ladies found that too. So just imagine how radiant we would all be after 12 months of intense beauty treatment. For the first six months, Esther was treated with oil of myrrh. Apparently, Neil's Yard used myrrh in their products today, and there was myrrh in the frankincense products that we used. When I looked up the properties of myrrh, I found that myrrh oil is used to get rid of impurities in the skin. 
It cleanses, it kills bacteria, and it heals sores. Now I believe that God gives us this same treatment in preparation for all that he has for us. He cleanses us, he heals our hurts, he removes impurities from us to get us ready for all he has for us. It's like the refiner's fire that keeps coming up. John mentioned it and so did Kieran and Laura last week. God is looking for people who are willing to be refined by him. People who are willing to go to him to have their hurts healed and impurities removed. People who are willing to go through the fire, whatever that looks like for you, and to come out the other side cleansed and healed. It's not an easy thing to go through, but it is necessary in preparation for stepping up into your God-given purpose. So just take a moment and think, what impurities has God been removing from you? What hurts is he bringing to the surface to be worked through and healed? And how are you going to deal with that? It could be anything from unforgiveness, resentment and bitterness, to being stuck in habitual sin or toxic cycles of thinking and behaving. What is it that God wants to clear out of your life? None of us are perfect. We all have something that we can work on to become the best version of ourselves that we can be. Once Esther had gone through the process of being cleansed, she spent the second half of her treatment with perfumes and cosmetics. The purpose of these was basically to make her smell good and look good, ready to be presented to the king. She was becoming radiant, and I believe that this process is God giving us beauty for ashes, as it says in Isaiah 61 verse 3 to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Once we've been cleansed, we're ready for God to cover us with his sweet-smelling love and grace in abundance. Not that he wasn't doing that anyway, but now we've been purified, we're ready to accept it. He wraps us up in his gentle protection and gives us our identity as a child of God. This is all part of the preparation to empower us to do what he has called us to do. He wants us to be ready and confident in his love to be able to step up. It's about dwelling in the presence of God and allowing him to speak truth over us and into us. He declares his love for you and he shows you who he created you to be. Over this last 12 months or so, what has God been saying to you about who you are? Perhaps you could spend some time in his presence and ask him. Ask God what he's been preparing you for and what he's created you for. Once you begin to see yourself the way God sees you, it gives you the motivation to keep going. It dispels fear and doubt and it allows you to move into your purpose. Again, I'm not saying that that will be an easy road, but it takes us to a place of abundance and living out our calling in him. Another thing that stands out to me in these verses is that Esther was given whatever she needed to take to the king. Anything she wanted was given to her to take to the king's palace. At the end of her preparation time, she was equipped 
with everything she needed to fulfill her purpose. God takes us through a time of preparation and then he gives us all that we need for what he is preparing us for. God gives you all you need. The Bible tells us that Esther was also given beauty and that's what got her into the palace in the first place. Esther 2 verse 7 says, Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. So God gives you everything you need for the job that he has called you to do. Esther was given beauty and a lovely figure. It sounds silly, but that played an essential part in her saving the Jews. And then she was given whatever she needed to take to the king. God has given you gifts, talents, abilities and passions, and he wants to empower you to use these for his kingdom. If your passion is seeing young children thrive, then God wants to empower you to run a baby and toddler club. If your talent is playing an instrument, then God wants to see you in the worship team. If your ability is good organisational skills, then God wants to use you to be John's PA, because truth be told, I'm about ready to quit. But seriously, whoever you are, whatever your background, whatever your age or gender, God has given you everything you need to do the job he has asked you to do. And as well as that, God has put you in position now to do what he wants you to do. Esther was in the right place at the right time because God put her there. God has put you here in this place at this time for a reason. Sometimes we make excuses, perhaps because we're apathetic or a bit too comfortable where we are. Or maybe it's because we're afraid of failure. We might think we're too young, too old, too broken, and we can end up waiting for something to change before we allow ourselves to step into the promises of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 says, Don't look anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. If you're watching and you're thinking, I'd like to get involved, but I'm too young or I'm too old. No, we're not having it. We can help you step into a role that fits you and your God-given purpose now. Don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. There's been a lot of media coverage recently about women's rights since the tragic death of Sarah Everard. I want to take this opportunity to say that at Hope Church, we don't look down on women as a lesser gender. Different, yes, but not lesser. Men and women have different things to bring to the table. They were made to complement one another. We're all for girl power. If you're a woman who feels held back because you're a woman, we don't want to hold you back. We want to stand with you and support you and step up into all that God has for you. It may or may not surprise you to learn that just over a year ago, when I was standing here preaching, a male visitor to our church complained about having a woman speaking. He didn't bring his complaint to me, 
but he took it to another male in the church. And this male told the complainer quite clearly that the first ever evangelists were women as they ran from an empty tomb to tell the men that Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus himself honoured women and broke laws to speak to women in public. And the church today wouldn't be as strong as it is without women. And that is the sort of church we are, a church that stands up for you. So please don't let anyone look down on you, whether that be because of your age, because of your gender, or because you have a past. If we think about Esther, the Bible tells us that she lost both her parents at a young age, so she must have had a painful past. She definitely had moments of doubt and despair, yet God used her to save a nation. Don't let other people's perceptions of you prevent you from stepping up into what God has called you to do. God gives you all you need. He has a perfect plan for you as an individual and he's with you every step of the way. The final point is step up or step out. In Esther chapter 4, verse 14, it says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is really interesting and perhaps not a popular thought. God has a plan and purpose for you, but he'll give it away if you don't step up, or else it won't happen at all and you will miss out on God's blessing. God has put you in this place at this time for this purpose, but if you don't step up, you'll miss out. That stings a bit, doesn't it? But God uses those who step up because that's their whole purpose and reason for living. When we say, God, I'm ready to do all that you want me to do, of course he's going to use you in incredible ways. He created you for such a time as this, for now, now is that time. I truly believe that the last year has been a time to hit pause on everything, to figure out where we're headed, to go through that time of preparation For some of us, that means a change in direction. We thought we knew where we were headed, but now we've been forced to take a step back. We've realised that that wasn't the right path. Our priorities have changed. Circumstances have changed. Maybe we've had to let some things go, which was painful at first, but now we realise it was for the best. For some of us, it means gaining a new motivation and new vigour to carry on with what we already know God has placed on our hearts. It might mean returning to old dreams and old promises, picking them up again and moving forwards with it. If this is you and you have a clear vision of what God has called you to do, then we'd love for you to share it with us. Perhaps we could come alongside you and support you in it. I believe that every person connected to Hope Church has a purpose and a role to play within the church community and beyond. As Kieran and Laura said last week, God doesn't call us to love people from the safety of our own four walls. He calls us to step up and step out into the world. Is that going to be easy? No, probably not. But is it going to be worth it? 
yes, totally worth it. We're stepping out into God's abundance. I long to see a body of believers rising up and working together to fulfill the purposes of God, to be a light in this community, to be needed by this community. And I'd love to see you stepping up and playing your part in that body. We would hate for you to miss out on all that God has for his church. So are you going to step up or step out? Just over a year ago, John and I shared what we believe is God's heart for Hope Church. Our mission statement is to love God and love people. And we have five values that show the outworking of this. To pursue the presence of God, to help people find their God-given purpose, to bring hope to the community, to restore the brokenhearted, and to create a culture of generosity. We started the journey of asking people about their God-given purpose through doing SHAPE questionnaires, and we had some great meetings with people. But then lockdown hit, and it all kind of got put on pause. Well, with the restrictions beginning to ease, we'd like to take this up again, but slightly differently. We're giving everyone a clean slate. So if you were on a team before, you're not on that team now. The only teams that will remain the same are the leadership, trustees and prayer team. If you were part of any other team, you are not now, because we want to give each and every person the opportunity to pause and reflect on where God would like you to serve. We're going to hold a team's night on Wednesday the 5th of May, which is the Wednesday after this current life group series finishes. We'll be holding the meeting over Zoom for those who are able to do that, and we'll be streaming live from the church building so that those who can't access Zoom can still attend the meeting. So if you consider yourself to be a part of Hope Church, then you need to be at that meeting. John and I will be outlining the vision of the church. We'll be talking about culture and giving you a taster of all the different teams that are available for you to join. We'll then be sending out videos, which will give a short introduction to each team. You can watch these in your own time and learn a bit about what your role would be if you were to join that team and what sort of shape would be suited to each role. After these film clips have been sent out, we'll leave a couple of weeks for you to pray, to seek God, and then we'll ask you to sign up to training and information sessions for two or three of the teams that you're interested in joining. There's no commitment at this point. You're just getting a feel for the team to see if it's a good fit for you. After you've completed two or three streams of training, we'll chat with you and we'll ask you to commit to a team taking into consideration your own circumstances and time constraints. Hear me when I say we don't want people to be burnt out for the kingdom of God. That's not what we're about. We know that people have jobs and family and other commitments, but I'm a firm believer that many hands make light work and any part you can play, no matter how big or small, is vital in seeing the vision of Hope Church come to fruition. In the meantime, there are some things that you can do to prepare. We've talked already about allowing God to refine you. Spend time in his presence and ask God what impurities you have that need to be thought through and dealt with. We're here if you need someone to talk to. Please get in touch with us. 
Then allow God to speak to you, clothing and preparing you for the task that he has. More practically, if you haven't filled in a shape questionnaire, or if you've lost it, let us know and we'll get that out to you. As a quick reminder, SHAPE is an acronym. S is for spiritual gifts, H for heart or passions, A for abilities or talents, P for personality, and E for experiences. And all of these things come together to paint a picture of who you are and where would be a good fit for you to serve. Please, if you have any questions or comments about anything I've said, do get in touch with us. We love hearing from you. We believe that God is going to do great things through Hope Church and we'd love to see each one of you stepping up and playing a part in that. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you have a plan and purpose for each one of us. Help every one of us to know that you love us and you want to bless us abundantly. Please show each one where it is you would have us serve in the church and beyond and use us to show your glory and love to the people in our church and in our local community. Thank you that you give us a time of preparation and that you refine us so that we can be the best possible versions of ourselves, ready to serve you and your kingdom. Amen.